0: Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to Biltbar.com and use the promo code Locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, a Saturday edition of the show, episode five this week. Be sure to subscribe to the show on any podcast platform to get four to six episodes a week downloaded into your phone. You can also check them out always on LockdownEagles.com. Louis DiBiase joining you on this weekend edition of the show. Why are we recording on a Saturday? Well, today at 4 p.m., I'm recording right here at 4.10, the Eagles had to hit the 53-man roster deadline by 4 p.m. They had to get to 53 players with the season starting next Sunday. The Eagles got down to 53 today. We're going to recap what they did on both offense and defense. How do my predictions look? Where did they go heavy when it comes to positions that they kept? Where did they go lighter? That's coming up on today's edition of the show. And um, I'll get into everything they did, who they cut, who they kept, surprise players that made the roster, some surprise cuts. But before we get into that, I want to talk about two specific moves that they made because the Lockdown Eagles podcast has some brands. You guys know this, not just like our our philosophy um, and roster building, right? You know, when it comes to the draft, I'm an upside guy. I like speed. I like potential more so than college production and the the high floor guys and more of a high ceiling guy, but also we have brands when it comes to players that we would ride or die for, right? The my guys, not just draft classes, prospects we love, but players on the Eagles as well and two of, I would say the two biggest my, guys ever on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. The two biggest player brands have been cornerbacks Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas, more so Sidney Jones for Gino and Razul Douglas for myself. Well, the Eagles, in part of getting down to 53 players, part of doing that was ripping out the hearts of the Lockdown Eagles hosts because both Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas have been cut. Not totally shocking uh, because I knew one of them after they signed Craig James to a one-year contract extension yesterday, kind of figured Jones or Douglas, one of them were going to get cut. But the fact that both got cut was a bit surprising to me. So right now at corner, they're going to go with five players. They're going to keep Darius Slay, Nickel, Roby, Coleman, Devontae Maddox. Those are your starting three. And then your backups are Craven LeBlanc and Craig James. Um... I'm, I, I was surprised that they didn't keep at least one, but it looks like they're confident in Jalen Mills being that emergency outside corner. Let's say if Maddox were to go down or slay maybe two. I think Craven LeBlanc could work outside just as much as Avante Maddox. I know he's undersized, but just like Maddox, he's got speed. He's got athleticism. What he lacks in height, he makes up for in hops. You know, he can compete with big receivers. He's a good tackler. So I think LeBlanc could play on the outside if he needs to, but I do think part of why they were comfortable with getting rid of both Jones and Douglas is that they still have Jalen Mills in house and that they have other safeties that if they need to move mills outside they still have will parks when he comes back from an injury they still have Kayvon wallace and they also went heavy at safety they kept six they also kept marcus epps and rudy ford so i think they believe more mills at that position if they have to if push comes to shove over douglas and and jones and they're also comfortable with the positionless defensive backfield that they have that you know if um they don't need to keep jones even though he has slot work because if roby coleman were to go down avante maddox has slot experience craven leblanc has slot experience Kayvon wallace was pff's highest graded slot coverage defensive back since 2017 coming out of clemson will parks did a lot of that at denver he's going to move around the formation so i think they felt comfortable with the versatility they had in the defensive backfield and i think they um just lost faith in both Jones and Douglas. Guys that I think in twenty seventeen, which now looking back is a terrible draft class, all that's left of that class is Derek Barnett, your first round pick, and a day three pick in Nate Geary at linebacker, and we all know how the Lockdown Eagles podcast feels about him. So um but in twenty seventeen Douglas and Jones were second and third round picks. They were expected to be, hopefully, the future at the position. I know at least uh, Sidney Jones, they were definitely banking on, yeah, he had a torn Achilles, but They were taking a chance and they were hoping that he would be that top 15 prospect that he was coming out of Washington before he got hurt. He just could never stay healthy. Even with the hot 2019, he just couldn't capitalize on that this summer and beat out Avante Maddox for the starting CB2 spot because he was unavailable. And that's really what has been the story of Sidney Jones. He has not been able to get rid of those soft tissue injuries and thus the team couldn't trust him and he's not available when they need him. Even last year he made some huge plays down the stretch and he showed that potential that we saw coming out of Washington, right? That would have made him a top 15 pick. He sealed the NFC East title in the back of the left corner of the end zone against Dallas. Week 16, a must-win game. Dak Prescott, late in the fourth quarter, just a couple minutes to go, down one score. Targets Jones in the first play. Sidney Jones plays it perfect, bats the ball down. The Eagles win the NFC East. Um, He made the game-sealing intercept Week 17 to beat the Giants to officially clinch the division. He made a big play a couple weeks before on Monday Night Football late in the game against the Giants. Like, he did make some plays last year, but you could tell how much this organization didn't trust him to play a full game, right? Those were just spot plays where he wasn't starting in those games. He came in at the end because of injuries or, you know, to relieve another player. And so you could tell they didn't trust him to, you know, play a whole game because in the playoffs, Despite all of these good plays from Jones in huge moments, what did Jim Schwartz do against Seattle? He pushed Devontae Maddox to the outside, he started Craven LeBlanc inside, and he had Jalen Mills on the opposite end on the outside. And uh, the biggest thing Jimmy Kemsky says is that uh, Jim Schwartz lost trust in Jones specifically in that Minnesota game last year where the whole secondary got torched, but Jones had pulled himself out of the game and continued to deal with those hamstring injuries and those leg injuries. So with Jones, that's the That's the story for this kid, is that he is an extremely talented player. He has shown flashes in the three years with the team, but he is just never available when you need him, and thus you can't rely on him to be a core piece of this team. So moving forward, you got to find that player in somebody else. As for Razul Douglas, this one hurts. I did not expect to have to talk about Razul not making the roster today. When Jones got released, I had tweeted at Gino: Zul beats out Jones, he's going to be one of the six corners. Nope, they're going with five. Craig James beats out both Jones and Douglas. And I know, I know. Look, I, I went down with the ship. I was not going to jump off this this Zool hive. This is not what I meant when I always tweeted hashtag free Zool. And I get it. Look, like Jones, Douglas lost the trust of this organization. They didn't believe in him moving forward as a CB1 or even as a matchup proof CB2. And I get it. They want fast, quick hips in the cornerback position. They want guys that can be on an island and cover one, cover zero. They want their safeties to move around and not always have to play deep cover two and always, maybe even if it's cover one, always shadowing Douglas's side. They didn't want to have to have a corner that couldn't cover one certain style of receiver and Razul Douglas could not cover the home run hitters the Deshaun Jacksons, right? The Terry McLaurins you saw last year, the incredibly elite route runners like Amari Cooper, you know, the fast explosive player. Zool would get burned time and time again if you did not give him help. So I understand that moving forward, that's not where the NFL is going really at the cornerback position with all the speed that these offenses are infusing into their systems, into their personnel. So they didn't trust him to be a full-time starter. And I get that. But what I will say is though, I don't think Douglas got a full fair chance in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. He has a niche that I think teams are going to want. I still think there's a chance for Jones too, but Douglas at least showed a consistency on the field that Jones did not. You know, Douglas has a niche that I think a team's going to want. He's lengthy, he's instinctive, he has great ball skills, really good in zone coverage, and he's a big-time tackler. I thought he could thrive with Darius Slay finally shadowing a team's top target that Zool could handle that second weapon at wide receiver, but the coaches just didn't want to do that, and they trusted Avante Maddox more. Again, I I don't think Douglas... Again, I understand his extreme weaknesses and how crucial that weakness could be in the modern-day NFL, but what I will also say is I don't think coaches always put him in the best position to succeed considering who he is. Time and time again, even though you knew what Douglas was, Jim Schwartz would make him cover Terry McLaurin one-on-one, press coverage with, with no safety over top, and it's like... You know what kind of player Douglas is, and they never went with this, what they're going to do this year. Darius Slay is going to cover the top target. Last year, the last three years, they have not done that. It was, all right, Razul, you're on the left side. Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, whoever, you're on the right side, and it doesn't matter what players come in that way. you got to cover him. And again, so that, that shows, that proves that Douglas isn't a CB1 or a matchup-proof CB2, but they didn't put him in positions to really succeed a whole lot with this team i think he was set up to fail and despite that though this is a kid that still played pretty well you know he got pulled in and out of the lineup for guys like dexter mcdougal in 2018 and he still played at a high level in many stretches you'll get 2018 down the stretch, the last five weeks of the season and then the two weeks into the playoffs. So for like a month and a half, when Douglas finally got to stay on the field and progress, like actually get more and more work and find a consistency, because it's hard to stay consistent when you're getting pulled on and off the field like he has the past four years, the past three years. But when he did just have that job in 2018, from weeks 12 and on, he was the number 12 ranked cornerback according to Pro Football Focus. He was number one. He was the top corner graded against the run. I mean, the New Orleans Saints in the divisional round of the playoffs literally had Michael Thomas avoid Zool's side. And last year, even though last year there were some bad games against Minnesota, uh, even week one against Washington getting destroyed by Terry McLaurin one on one last year still, the first five weeks of the season when Douglas played a lot, when Jalen Mills was hurt and Darby kept coming in and out of the lineup, Douglas was PFF's 21st highest graded corner of the season. The first five weeks of the year, Douglas was a top 21 corner. So yes, I understand why they didn't want to rely on him, but I will say I feel for Douglas and it's why I've always kind of had his back is because I saw the positives in his game. He was the best playmaker that you had in the secondary, I think since honestly, Asante Samuel. And that, I guess, I guess shows just the the bad luck you've had at corner and just the bad talent you've had. But I think Douglas has a niche role that can really help a defense. I thought it could help the Eagles defense, um, but the Eagles never wanted to use that role. They never they, they want a guy that is more well-rounded. And I understand that. It's just, it was tough to see him always being put in bad situations. And when you, When you saw when he was put in a good situation, when he was in Moments where, you know, in spots where he was... Like, that's where his strengths were. You saw him make plays. So that's what's unfortunate. And I hope another team does give him a fair shake, whether that's just as, like, a zone coverage corner that... You know, you have cover bigger targets. Maybe he plays safety. You see Eric Rowe getting that chance in Miami. Maybe somebody finally gives him a shot at safety. Coming downhill, getting to read an offense, a quarterback, and make plays on the ball that way. I, I'm I'm really hoping that Zuhl finds a, a better situation because although, again, I understand why the Eagles can't rely on him, I, I feel bad for the situations that he was in. Louis Dibiase joining you on today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles Podcast. Coming up next, we'll continue to get into the other roster cuts. The Eagles got to their fifth. 53-man roster at 4 p.m. at the deadline, and we'll get into what else they did on offense and defense coming up next right here on LOE. In today's edition of the podcast, guys, is sponsored by Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar you can ever find. 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry Garcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. My favorite, I go with peanut butter most of the time or orange vanilla. They're a healthy alternative to your everyday snack, 19 grams of protein, only uh, 180 calories, and if you go to BiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BiltBar.com. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back in to this edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, recapping the Eagles' 53-man roster, what they did to get to that number by the 4 p.m. deadline. Today, football's here, baby. We are tomorrow's the last Sunday we have to go through uh, without Eagles football in the twenty twenty season, and today the roster is set, and here we go, Washington next Sunday. So, you know, to uh, recap what I talked about in segment one, it's a it's a dark day for the Lockdown Eagles podcast. No more Sidney Jones; he got waived this morning, and no more Razul Douglas either. Neither was safe. Both organ- the organization lost faith in both players and while I think both can still be really good in a certain situation I do understand uh, why the team did move on but Zul I'm telling you never got a fair shake uh, never was put in the best positions to thrive and still looked really good a lot of the time I'm telling you Razul Douglas is going to be a player I think you're going to see that again somewhere else all right let's get into the other roster cuts though what else did the Eagles do to get to 53 players where did they go heavy where did they go on the light side so they kept three quarterbacks Jalen Hurts, of course, and Nate Sudfeld are the backups to Carson Wentz. Uh, They went light at running back, as I predicted. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Corey Clement. I nailed wide receiver, too they kept all seven that I predicted. Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, JJ Arthaga Whiteside, Greg Ward, John Hightower. Alshon Jeffrey did make the initial 53. He is not on the PUP list, so he will not miss the first six weeks of the season. He could, but he's not. You know, if he was on the PUP, he would have been guaranteed to miss six weeks. Quez Watkins gets the nod over Deontay Burnett. Burnett did clear through waivers, however, uh, so he will be on the Eagles, uh, practice squad, which does have 16 spots this year, uh, because of COVID-19. They did only keep two tight ends. I, I, I did pretty well in my predictions. I'll go through where I got some wrong, but at tight end, they're going with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Uh, Noah Toji was waived as one of the final moves to get to 53. Offensive line is where they kept one less than I predicted. They went with eight. They went with Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Matt Pryor, Isaac Sayamalu, Nate Herbig, Jack Driscoll, and uh, did I say Jordan Maialata? So they went with one less than I thought because I thought Prince Tego was going to make this roster. Uh, he was the only rookie that did not make it. Nine of 10 rookies, or I should say nine of 10 draft picks, made the roster. Prince Tego did not make the team. So they go with eight offensive linemen. They went with six defensive ends. The only thing I got wrong here, they went with Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Jannard Avery. They took Casey Tuhilt the seventh round pick out of Stanford over, I had them sticking with Joe Osman. Uh, Joe Osman was waived as was fourth round pick in 2019, Sharif Miller. I I cannot believe still to this day. They took Sharif Miller over Charles Menahue and that's another late round pick that I'm just not going to get over, but Miller, uh, just did not do enough to make this team and uh, just another bad, draft pick I think that Joe Douglas was really behind and so Casey Tuhill did a lot to beat out Osman and Miller. Osman was having a good camp, but Tuhill was really explosive, really impressive. Uh and that's I give Connor Barwin all the credit in the world. This is this was a Connor Barwin pick. Barwin uh was added to the Eagles scouting staff uh this past offseason and he was high on two hill. I think he was really a big motivating factor behind that draft pick and two hill did enough to make the initial team. So they go heavy Heavier at defensive end with six. They went lighter at defensive tackle with just four. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, and Hassan Ridgeway, Anthony Rush did not make the cut. And this makes sense because at defensive end, you know, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, all three of those guys can play inside as well. So you have more versatility on the edge, so you're going to want to keep more ends than tackles. So they went heavier. I, I had them going heavier at cornerback and offensive line. They went lighter there. They kept one less player than I thought. They kept eight offensive linemen. Like I said, they kept five corners. Darius Slay, Nikkel Roby Coleman, Avante Maddox, Crave on the Blanc, and Craig James. They went heavier at defensive end with six, uh, wide receiver with seven, and linebacker they kept six. I had them keeping five, but Alex Singleton did make the cut. So obviously you had your expecting starters, uh, TJ Edwards, Nate Geary, Duke Riley. Then your two rookies, Davey and Taylor, Sean Bradley, make it. Alex Singleton did make the roster, somebody that they're really going to need on special teams. And with all the unknown at linebacker, I understand uh, wanting to have more depth. So they went with an extra linebacker and an extra safety. They went with six linebackers and six safeties. I had them going with five at each position and having a sixth corner and a ninth offensive lineman. So at safety, Graylon Arnold did not make the team as I suspected. Uh, he did clear through waivers though, so they're going to keep him on the practice squad. But uh, two guys I did not think that were going to make it, they made it. Rudy Ford and Marcus Epps were kept as safeties behind, of course, Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills, Will Parks, and Kayvon Wallace, and then your three special teamers, Jake Elliott, Cameron Johnston, and Rick Lovato make the team. So not a a lot of surprising uh, moves here. I was surprised that they kept Marcus Epps and Rudy Ford. I'm obviously shocked that they kept Craig James over both Razul Douglas and Sidney Jones, but everything else was... Pretty par for the course. Also, I would say that them keeping um, that them not keeping Prince Teguonogo was surprising. I really liked the upside of him. He had, to me, day two talent coming out of Auburn at tackle, and especially with the inexperience at tackle, the fact that you didn't keep an extra body is surprising, but it might not be surprising um, because the Eagles did work out Cordy Glenn, uh, the veteran former Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills tackle. They worked him out yesterday. So maybe they might end up keeping or maybe bringing in Cordy Glenn, who it would make me feel better if they had an experienced uh, backup offensive lineman like Glenn. Uh, So, yeah, look, again, I didn't I, I did pretty well with my rosters. But I had them keeping an extra offensive lineman and corner. Instead, they went heavier at linebacker and safety. Brandon Brooks was placed on the uh, PUP list. So the guys that I missed on, I had them keeping Sidney Jones, Razul Douglas, Graylin Arnold, Joe Osman, and Prince Tego Inogo. Instead, they kept Casey Tohill, Marcus Epps, Craig James, Rudy Ford, and Alex Singleton. Coming up next on this edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, the Eagles are still trying to trade Alshon Jeffrey, according to Jeff McLean. We'll get into that coming up next right here on Locked Eagles. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Saturday edition of Locked Eagles. The team is set. The roster is set at 53 players. They had to get to that number by the 4 p.m. deadline. Look, the roster is set at 53, but there's are still moving parts here. Like, this isn't over. Howie Roseman still has work to be done. And one thing that he's still looking into is the idea of trading Alshon Jeffrey, according to Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer. And you heard that he's working out Cordy Glenn as well. They let Prince Tego Winogo go. their a uh, day three pick, their tackle out of Auburn, which means maybe they want to bring in that veteran experience at left tackle in somebody like Cordy Glenn. Um, so that's a move they're looking into, as is trying to trade Alshon, who did, again, Alshon made the initial 53, so he's not going to start the year on the PUP list. If he started the year on PUP, he would have had to miss the first six weeks of the season. So Alshon could be back. The timetable is late September. It's more expected that he'll be back by October. He's not, and I've been telling you guys this, I know, and I, we talked about on the podcast the other day, I know how many times in the offseason they said he was going to be a big part of this offense. And I kept telling you that's only if they need him. That's only if they can't find a trade partner and if they're young guys like Jalen Rager, J.J. Arthaga, Whiteside, Greg Ward, John Hightower, they struggle in 2020. And you heard, so with this report of them trying to trade Alshon still, with Doug Peterson the other day saying they're not going to play him until he's 100%. I mean, guys, like, read, this is why you can only take what an organization says during press conferences so seriously. There's only so much weight. There's only so much stock that you can put into what they say and rather look at what they do. Look at the context clues, look at their actions rather than their words and everything they're doing points to them saying, we don't want to need Alshon Jeffrey this year. I don't know if they're going to be able to find a trade partner. He's coming off a Liz Frank injury. He wasn't good even before that injury last year. He was significantly regressing. He's somebody that w- could bash your quarterback anonymously. So there's not a whole lot to like about Alshon, but I think a, a wide receiver needy team like San Francisco or the New York Jets could see Alshon's experience, his proven ability in big spots, the 2017 and 2018 playoff runs, and they can still see that he made some plays last year. And if they're desperate, I don't know. I could see a team working something out with Philadelphia where the Eagles take on still a certain amount of that salary. Uh, but I think it's going to be really tough to dump Alshon here. Um, Even if he's on the roster right now, he's on the initial 53. I'm telling you, if JJ Arthaga whiteside looks good, if Jalen Rager looks good coming back, if John Hightower makes plays, if Greg Ward is as reliable as he was in the slot this year as he was last year and Deshaun Jackson stays healthy, even if Alshon's stuck on this roster, Guys, I'm I'm not I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to be a starter. Look, that could be the case, but that's only going to be based on necessity. It's kind of like running back by committee, uh, That's all, or maybe even cornerbacks staying on one side. That's not a preference of this organization. It's a necessity based on their personnel. And Alshon Jeffrey, if you told me at the end of the year that Alshon was a consistent starter all year long, that means J.J. Arthaga whiteside is still a bust. That means maybe Jalen Rager wasn't as ready to impact this team um, from day one in his rookie season, and that means, you know... Greg Ward, John Hightower didn't step up. Maybe Deshaun Jackson uh, didn't stay healthy. Because to me, they don't want Alshon to be a big part of this offense. They want it to be those other players. And I think, again, with them trying to trade him, with everything they're saying and with everything they're doing, Doug, just the other day, said, like, why if you needed Alshon Jeffrey, why would you say we're not going to play him until he's 100%? So um, this is just more added evidence that Alshon, he has an expiration date with this organization. All right, that's going to do it for this Saturday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Folks, the 53-man roster is set. We are one week away from the start of the 2020 season for the Philadelphia Eagles, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast. we got previews. We're getting you ready for week one all week long, four to six episodes a week downloaded into your phone. When you subscribe to the show, also head over to LockdownEagles.com. You can listen to all the shows there as well. And hey, we're always talking birds after the show on Twitter. Follow me at L O E and Gino is on Twitter at... Geno underscore L O E. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go, birds.